Hello, everyone. Before we get into this episode, I just have two quick things to tell you. One, tomorrow is Trans Day of Visibility, and you are invited to come hang out with me on Instagram. So if you're not already, follow us on Instagram at The Gaily Prophet, and there will be some sort of something going on in our stories because that's what I like to do on Trans Day of Visibility. Uh, The other thing is that tomorrow also is the last day to pre-order one of our Gay People Love Puns pins to make sure that we can make those a reality. As of my recording this, we need to sell 20 more to be able to order those. So if you haven't already and you do want one of those pins, hop on over to our shop, thegailyprofit.com slash shop, and get one of those. And with that... Nothing about this chapter is fun. I'm, like, gonna cry. Like, you're, like, not even scratching the surface of how fucking awful this is. <laughs> it's, like, it's fucked up. Stop. It, like, s- s- are you Are you fucking kidding me? <sighs> oh, my God. Dude. Uh, I, uh, I... It's sad. Hello and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a depressing podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about how fucked up Harry Potter is. I am America's saddest Griffin Dandy. And I am joyfully eating several donuts. Jesse Blount. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and today we're talking about chapter three of Goblet of Fire, The Invitation, in which Petunia is being the absolute worst because of some bullshit Dudley School nurse said, and Harry isn't bothered because he apparently has a whole pantry of snacks somehow hidden in the floorboards of his room. The Weasleys send two letters to Harry, inviting him to the Quidditch World Cup. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> one is by post and one by owl. And Vernon is ultra pissed because the Weasleys use, like, 20 pounds worth of stamps. Uh, Which is funny to everyone except Vernon Dursley. Ron wisely has sent his new owl pig with the message that, regardless of what the Dursleys say, they're going to come get him the next day for the World Cup. Harry has already played the, remember, my dog father the mitterer on the lamb who kissed my well-being card. And Vernon has agreed Harry can go as long as the Weasleys come and get him. Something which he will learn to regret pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, alright. So, obviously, this episode comes with a hefty content warning and we're gonna be talking a lot about diet culture and eating disorders and all of the things that come with that. However, we promise to keep all of that conversation constrained within the politics section. Jezebel's crying. She's very sad about it too. <laughs> and there will be timestamps in the show notes for how far to skip if you don't need to listen to that right now, which is totally understandable. Uh, in any case, we're going to start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Hey, J.K. Rowling, the 90s called. They want their ridiculous grapefruit diet back. <laughs> oh, jeez. I feel like there was a different reason. I was like, when did when was that a thing for a, 
a completely different thing I was looking up because it was really a thing in the 90s to be like, here's like some cottage cheese and a grapefruit, which is like a fine snack or a garnish. Uh, no, it really, it really, really was such a thing. I remember I used to watch The Parent Trap, like the, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan version a lot when I was a kid. And something that's, I don't know, seared into my brain is the like rich ones made, I guess she is, slash maybe the kid's nanny, something like that, uh, refers to the, you know, evil stepmom to be as Miss I'll just have half a half a grapefruit, please. And <laughs> I feel like that really was like emblematic of the era. Truly. We're going to turn to the front page where we talk about the small handful of things that don't belong anywhere else. Uh, So I actually really, really super appreciate the fact that we get this very UK specific, but very telling dig at Vernon Dursley in the fact that he's reading the Daily Mail. I didn't even notice that. <gasps> oh, okay. For yeah. our UK, UK listeners, <laughs> even though I am an ignorant American, I am aware that the Daily News is like <laughs> just someone has just smeared shit on like newspaper print and is selling it to y'all. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. US listeners, it's essentially Fox News. Like if you look it up on... Um, mediabias.com its score is the same as Fox News so it's like one click in from extreme on the right slanting and one click up from the worst possible trust rating on the <laughs> the trust score so yeah. it's uh it's real bad and apparently even uh what's his face from wikipedia has been like i need to say something about what a terrible goddamn publication (laughs) wow (laughs) i don't know i kind of i kind of love how even wikipedia is like okay but y'all for real (laughs) (laughs) oh that's perfect oh wow yeah yeah i just want to talk about how the like Envelope covered in stamps is actually so funny. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know if you have like, I guess I don't know if the new versions have the little illustrations at the beginning of each chapter, but the like original versions of the book, there was like a little illustration of the stamp covered envelope and it's like a little patch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is legitimately funny, but it's, I feel like not that outrageous, I guess. I mean, part, I mean, the chapter is like Vernon Dursley is just too narrow-minded that anything weird is like deeply upsetting but i'm like people draw envelopes and shit like sometimes you get extra stamps like i don't know it's just it's very cute i don't know you'd be like oh put in a little frame look, look at all these different stamps yeah i agree and then i also have a question for you which is who purchased all these stamps a truly excellent question because i wondered the same thing because like if they went to the post office with the letter, surely they could. The post person would have been just like, "Give me the letter," and would have put the stamp on and put it in the in the cart or whatever. This is, this is why I suspect the twins did this. They were like, "Oh no, Dad, we went to the post office. Like all these cool stamps. Just uh, you know, put them all on there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it's true they do hang out in the muggle village flirting with that with the girl in the magic shop or whatever yeah because you're right i think even as awe-inspired as arthur would be going into a post office yeah someone would have been like you only need like two stamps or however the british post system works you know one stamp yeah one stamp for sure yeah but the twin just came back with like five sheets of cool stamps like of course you're gonna be like slap them all on there the more (laughs) the more the merrier (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like me covering the mail that i send with lisa frank stickers where i'm just like more more wait is that enough no more definitely (laughs) Uh, okay good talk (laughs) definitely good talk um but so on that same note i was and am unreasonably annoyed at the idea of the mail carrier being like where did this letter come from like to vernon who's just receiving the letter where i'm like i don't know dude look at the stamp from the post office where they could chunked it when they took it in that definitely says where it fucking came from yeah and like i mean i have to assume that that's standard practice and not like a u.s specific thing because that is how they determine if you've put enough postage on your goddamn letter yeah um and that is it for my front page so i have a couple okay i have a couple more things because there are a couple more funny things that really made me laugh okay so this next one is there's a pretty great description of like harry attempting putting a letter on pig's leg Mm -hmm. and i just want you to imagine trying to fold and tie a note on like a piece of paper bigger or piece of parchment actually bigger than a post-it note to an animal's leg that's probably the size of half a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wait for one second. Have you have you seen the image of like the owl that's sort of been like pulled up to reveal how long their legs actually are? That is true. Yes. So there's like a lot of leg in there. I mean, I understand that pigwidgeon is is quite small, but I feel like lengthwise at least there's more room to work with so a whole toothpick is what you're saying it's the size of a tennis ball is what harry (laughs) describes him as and even given the fact that right like owls are just feathery tunics that hide all of their legs (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) owls are very glamorous y'all i just want you to know but but like even still just like yeah I don't know why that just made me laugh. So oh, it's so much. funny. Poor, poor Pigwidge. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just having a great time. That's true. Which, of course, led to the second part where Harry is imagining, like, Hedwig being like, oh, this is how a, like, proper post-owl behaves. Yeah. And for some reason, I just kept imagining the most, like, BBC RP British accent ever being just like amateur <laughs> over and over again at Pig. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the vibe that Hedwig has been given for the last two chapters. So I that's think that true. that's accurate. I feel like in my brain, I just want to imagine like Judy Dench's voice, <laughs> but uh-huh. that's because no one could be quite as like condescending sounding, but you're like still okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, uh, my last thing is at the end of the chapter when Harry's just chilling on the floor eating a like fistful of cake mm-hmm. with no napkin or <laughs> plate 
or wet nap or nothing. And I'm like, this is how you get ants, Harry. It's just <laughs> eating cake with your hands, just spraying crumbs everywhere. Yep. Like a towel. Can you get a tea with a towel down? <laughs> I mean, we have established that Harry Potter <laughs> is officially a dirtbag for sure. <sighs> yeah, I feel like I feel like even at the peak of me, like I don't know, eating snacks in bed time of my life. At least like eat over you eating over the box or you know or like whatever. Yeah. But he's just like you get I know. Cake on the floor. Oh, Harry. Precious, precious little dirtbag, Harry. <laughs> Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. So, pre the whole diet thing, I want to point out, one, how terribly just, like, fucked up it is that... Uh, Petunia is attempting to make Dudley feel better by starving Harry extra. Like, we know that he's been deprived of food sort of historically, but the fact that, like, they are all not eating enough right now and they're still, like, extra doing that to Harry is just, like, really fucked up abuse. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of like... With so much focus, I think, in my mind of, like, all the terrible things that are happening on this diet. But you still, you get this. And then you also get a line with Harry's being like, oh, yeah, I can I can see the wheels turning in Vernon's head about getting rid of me or causing me a deep unhappiness, which he loves. And I'm like, that is, I, I just, like, I don't even have words to say how awful that is. I know. Like, I, I just, I can't, I just can't conceive of being like, Ah, uh, yes. The thing, the thing that brings joy to my life is being mean to a child living in my home. Ah, uh, yes. Right. <laughs> like, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. On top of all the many things that are fucked up in this chapter, we get a little smidge of just some good old-fashioned homophobia from uh, Vernon Dursley here. Swatty Nancy boy, I believe swatty, is what you're looking for. Swatty Nancy boy for being uh, too good in school, which, you know, uh, I always love some uh, equating being too smart with not being masculine enough. Uh, <laughs> that's a really great look for anyone, really. Which is like, just what a piece of shit this dude is. <laughs> but this chapter made it sound like that uh, Dudley has maybe never really done well in school. And has maybe always had these kind of socialization issues, which I'm like... Does Dudley have ADHD? I, I I have in my notes that, like, it's like he has a learning disability or the a learning disability and also the trauma of living in this fucked up household is, like, affecting right. his ability to, like, do the kind of work that school requires of you and also interact with the kids at school. Mm-hmm. Right, like he's 14, you know, maybe he went to the neighborhood school before and now he's going to this like fancy, expensive school and he's like still not doing well. I'm like, probably has some kind of uh, learning disability happening. Um, Some uh, neurodiversity that is affecting his ability to, uh, you know. And obviously like traditional schooling really 
prizes a certain kind of uh, output in your schoolwork. So there's a lot of us, for a variety of reasons, whose learning, whose the way that we learn doesn't jive with this. And that I think that's I think that's Dudley. And yeah, I think that he could be getting assistance that he clearly is not. Mm-hmm. Which is probably super frustrating for him, which is why he's like another reason why he's like acting out or any number of things, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he's never seemingly even been asked to not externalize his frustration in his life. Like, his parents encouraged it towards Harry and, like, mm-hmm. apparently didn't do anything about it when it was with other kids at school. So, like, why why would he not, you know? Yeah, and... And just even just referencing uh, the two seconds ago mention of uh, Vernon's homophobia, like if anger and frustration is the only feelings he's allowed, quote unquote, allowed to show, then like we, he could be, he, I mean, he is a person, he has complex feelings that we don't know about if he's just channeling all of it into anger or frustration. Yep. Which, hello again, my enemy, toxic masculinity. I just want to say, I feel I don't think I've ever felt this much for Dudley Dursley than the, during the course of this podcast. Totally. Like Harry is having a actively abusive childhood. Dudley's having a like slightly less, maybe like sugar-coated abusive childhood. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that there's a lot of research that shows that even just growing up witnessing someone else in your home being abused severely fucks you up if even if they if his parents weren't so weird about their treatment of him and especially vernon even just growing up like witnessing what they're doing to harry and like you know having to do whatever it is that he does with the feelings that that brings up for him which it sounds like you know he deals with by i guess joint joining in but like at what age did he start doing it and like why and does he do that because otherwise what is he going to do when he like witnesses his parents severely harming this other child the same age as him that lives in his house you know like if they're willing to do that to Harry, then they must be willing to do it to him too, right? By like kid logic, which I mean, I I think I think it's probably not even kid logic. I think that I can a hundred and ten percent see Dudley being punished, probably physically, from like trying to side with Harry, trying to protect Harry, and that must have happened at an early enough age where he was just like, all right, well, I I just I can't do this. I I. I bet he was punished even just for, like, if he got caught playing with Harry. Oh, I'm sure. Because I think that, considering what we see in, like, the last book, Dudley is very aware that this is wrong. But he's, like, he's, I mean, he's he's in over his head. Like, he's submerged in all of this toxicity. Like, and when you're living in, in a traumatic situation, like, you still have to, like, self-preserve and survive and like the things the things that come into your brain to do that are like kid logic stuff that gets you through and then you go into therapy for like 10 years and you have to unlearn all that stuff which is right not fun but and so what what we're seeing is the results of what Dudley is doing I think to protect himself 
is like he has to right. be the biggest bully because then no one can hurt him. And that's even more like emotional pressure besides the emotional pressure of not being able to like show any of his other emotions, you know, without his own father berating him. Right. Or like, I'm sure whatever other like homophobic bullshit when he's being coddled by his mother, which is like, you should be coddled by like, that is part of mud. That is part of nurturing is like being protected and nurtured. And I would pay $1,000 to be coddled by a mother. (laughs) Oh my God. Great. (laughs) Yes. Let, let me tell you how many people I would, I would the things I would do for that. Fucking you Petunia only... Dursley, you can, I will pretend to have the flu and you can come to my house and do <laughs> whatever it is you do for Dudley when he has the flu. Oh my God. Clean everything and then bring him soup or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Dudley, I feel, really, I, I feel very bad for him. And we know that Harry has people in his corner has like he has like an adopted family he has serious like he has people in his corner and i don't think really that dudley does Mm-mm. and it makes me really sad you know yeah it it didn't have to be this way and i'm also like his parents could afford to, for all of this not to happen it's not like they're stressed out because of financial things and they're just like not maybe paying as much attention to their kid as they could be or they're like taking shit out on their kid because they're just not equipped to handle what's going on in their lives. It's like, this is what you do when you're middle class or something. I don't know. So someone rescue Dudley Dursley. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Dudley, don't you have someone's friends that you could, you could be at for the rest of the summer? Right. Oh man. Yeah. He is going to be a... I, f- I feel like he's the kind of dude where it's like the first three ladies that he dates are like, oh, you're like, a, you can't, how come I'm taking care of you? And he's yeah. like, I don't know why. And it's like, this is why. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, free these children from the Dursleys. Just let them, let them be free. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. Or, I don't know, just from Vernon, maybe. Yeah. Serious, maybe you should stop by. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah oh my uh. god <laughs> the other thing that i wanted to point out is our continued weird shaming of petunia so you know we can't get through a petunia chapter without talking about how her teeth are quote-unquote horsey and then we get this thing about her how she's like a gossip and like obsessed with cleaning which is i guess this sort of recurring theme of there's this very narrow window of appropriate femininity and like petunia is overdoing it by being i don't know too much of a housewife or something and just fucking like leave petunia alone Liking your house to be clean is fine. And also being interested in the coming comings and goings of one's neighbors is also fine. She's not hurting anyone. Oh also, let's be real. People love people love gossip. Are you kidding me? As long as you're not hurting anyone, there is nothing wrong with being like, I saw this thing happening at the neighbor's house, like don't spread rumors, but it's totally fine to be like, here's the hot gas. 
No, listen, my like BFF Lee, he lives in the apartment below me. And so he'll call me if he's like, did you hear that fight? Do you see this fight happening right now in the street? And I'm like, no. And we'll like both be at the window, be like, oh shit. He has her car keys and he won't give it to her. Are you shitting me? Like, I don't want to say it's like human nature, but I think. It's part of the human experience to be like, tell me about other people's things. I want to know what's happening with other people. Tell me. I mean, gossip is in literature from Greek and Roman days. Like, literally, what, 4,000 years ago? Like, it, I, th- I think we can safely say that it is part <laughs> of human nature. Whatever. It's fine. Honestly. So, yeah, just a little bit of like, I don't know femme shaming or something taking place in this chapter on top of everything else it is very weird because because then it's like the question is like uh please 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 tell me omnipotent writer what is the correct way to femininity please exactly because like just let me know I, you know being a mom and dying because that appears to be your ideal and uh <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> Oh, God. Not a great, not a great look. Not a great look. Yeah. Wow, you nailed it. <laughs> oh, wow. I guess uh, Ginny. Ginny is the only one doing it right, right? She's never shrill or, like, all the things that Hermione is doing wrong. So, like, basically be, being one of the boys, but, like, a girl. Yeah. That's how yeah. you do it. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny is a cool girl. She likes cheeseburgers and doesn't care about what she looks like, you know. She can, like, horse around with the boys and she's good at Quidditch. She's not, like, one of those feminists who cares about the suffering of others. <laughs> she just wants to hang out and talk about Quidditch. I love Jenny, you guys. That was not Dicka Jenny. I'm just thinking nope. about my dear Hermione and her... The her spew campaign and how little love anyone gave it. So, yep. Um, cool. So that's that's what I had. That's not food stuff. Do you have anything that's not food stuff? I don't have anything that's not food stuff in the politics section. <laughs> Great. All right. Let's do this. I literally just have in my notes: "Holy fat phobia, Batman." Because <laughs> as 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 our uh, longtime listeners, if you've listened to the first two three books fully you know that we always bring up how fucking awful the way that Dudley's size is described and this is sort of maybe the peak of it I suppose in the series yeah where Harry is un unkindly very rudely actually describing what the shitty school nurse at Dudley's school has decided that Dudley needs to go on a diet mm-hmm. which Okay, I mean, so I want to set this off to be like, I'm anti-diet and a health at any size person. Like, diets make you sicker. They don't, like, losing weight rapidly by doing the often ridiculous things that diets say you should do is unhealthy and unsustainable. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a billion dollar industry that if you're a tier one feminist you want to be like it's all about like women but really it affects all of us in american culture because it is seeped into our culture this sort of 
weird, thin European standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. And it is very much not about, it's not about like nutrition or like healthy behaviors or like having a neutral view about weight. It's all about having this very judgmental view about food and a whole other level of, you know, things that are bad for you, feeling bad about yourself, you're fat, you should feel bad. And it's like, uh, no, people are fat. Like, people are fat. I'm I'm a fat person. <laughs> I have always been fat since I hit puberty, actually, you know. Uh, and a ton of people in my family are fat. It's one of those things like my ADHD, like the color of my hair, like these things are genetic. Mm-hmm. And so... Vernon is a larger dude. Dudley Dudley is a large kid, which should be a value neutral thing because mm-hmm. again, people are fat, people be fat, and especially for a 14-year-old kid, kids kids gain weight. Kids their weight fluctuates. And then you fucking hit puberty, it's like and you're already like a chubby kid, like he's going to gain weight. That should be a thing where it's like, you know what? This is fine if Petunia herself probably was not seeped herself into diet culture because it's very hard to ignore that she would have been like fuck the school nurse you know it sounds like she was though it says that she really had a lot of like a pretty big emotional reaction to the idea of having to do this to dudley she she did you're right but i i guess i'm also just wondering that her interpretation uh and like obviously we don't get what this school note said Harry gives us a description that it's like cutting out all the sweets that Dudley likes, putting in fruit and vegetables, which eating fruits and vegetables, eat fruits and vegetables, whatever. Petunia's response seems to be to starve everyone, which... I think this this diet is prescribed by the nurse. The diet sheet had been sent by smelt, the smelting school nurse had been taped to the fridge. I mean... Maybe maybe she did prescribe a, like, terrible, like, everyone's getting four servings of food a day or something. Which... I, I think I think that this came from from the school. I'm pretty sure that this diet came from the school. That's extra fucked up. Mm-hmm. It is. And not surprising because doctors are notorious about being like to fat people, oh, you should lose weight regardless of if there's a health issue going on, if there are one of the multiple health issues you can have that are not related to your weight, and it's like, oh, you should lose weight first before we treat you. No, fuck you. For real. Especially, so, um, between the breakfast that we see in this chapter and the lunch that we see in the next chapter, so far, this family is currently eating somewhere between 150 to 250 calories a day. Like, depending on if they get half a cup or a full cup of cottage cheese at lunch. And assuming that dinner is something, like, equally as awful, I think they're probably going to be coming in at, like, somewhere between maybe, like, five to 700 calories a day, which is, like, not good. It's really, really not good. That sounds like passing out, honestly, is what that sounds like. It If... Petunia, who is thin and horsey, went to a doctor and was like, I'm eating between five and 700 calories a day. They would be like, you have anorexia and need to be treated for that. But like Dudley doing it, it's like, yes, this is a diet and is therefore healthy, 
somehow like what the that the fact that that like and then this is not like a an in book thing like that exists in the world where it's like you can only be considered to be having an eating disorder if you're thin which is like I think that you are fundamentally misunderstanding the definition of what an eating disorder is. Like, the symptoms have nothing to do with your weight. And not to mention just how, like, fucking common having an eating disorder or even just, like, disordered eating just because of the kind of messages that that a lot of us are getting as, like, kids, you know? And it starts off, it's like, I mean, heaven forbid you're a fat kid, but I don't think that thin kids get it any better where and maybe it's kind of like oh yeah i can eat whatever you know but there's still this idea of like eating quote unquote the right things or the wrong things or like you know people trying to like avoid being a fat person because like oh no like that's a thing you want to avoid at all costs and you know and (sighs) kids are growing and it's like they're figuring themselves out and it's like don't give kids a reason to see like food as their enemy yeah because that shit doesn't go away (laughs) it sure doesn't yeah i mean i i guess i was like a small fat kid and i i know that there's both pros and cons to the sort of like ranking of where one lands in fatness but it totally affects like your level of privilege or lack thereof but like i think i started dieting with my mom when I was probably 12 and like she oh man I learned something really like horrible and interesting (laughs) I was trying to remember the name of this like weight loss supplement that my mom and I took together when I was in seventh or eighth grade so I looked it up because I wasn't sure if I was remembering correctly it's called metabolife it still exists but it's a different formula now Uh, But in the 90s, when I was taking it, it uh, was later pulled from the market for killing people because it had a substance called ephedra in it, which is fucked up. Speed is that? Is it? It is speed. speed. It's basically speed. The extra, the wild part of this story is that the person who invented metabolife is an ex-cop who like lost his job because he was found to have been making meth. And, like, ephedra is a, basically, like, a close relative of meth. And so he, like, got busted, got fired, decided to make, was like, but what about, like, meth light only make it a diet supplement? And then created this, like, wildly successful product that was, like, then killing people because it's fucking speed. That shit is so wild. Right? Oh, my God. I know. But... Yeah, I mean, like, I took that when I was a kid and then, like, had an eating disorder when I was 13. And, like, I feel like, you know, at least for me, my experience with eating disorders, and I know a lot of people are the same way, is that, like, it's similar to, like, addiction, maybe, where it's sort of, like, it's always there. You're just either acting on it or not acting on it. So like, yeah, like you said, like it doesn't, it doesn't go away. You just either like figure out how to stop actively doing the thing or you don't. But like those thoughts are I like seared 
seared in, you know, and it's just a matter of like trying to deprogram yourself as much as you can and like push against it. Yeah. I think there was really only maybe one time in my life where I was maybe having some disordered eating stuff. Uh, and it was, it was when, it was when I was in high school, mostly because I had some periods of food insecurity where I'm like, mm, you know what does, you know what sucks? Not eating. But when I was in college, there was definitely like a period of like a year or two where I was just taking so much Adderall and just being so sad and like stressed out and like not sleeping and like not eating very well. And I mean, I lost some weight because I was taking Adderall constantly. And part, and there's like a part of my brain where it's like, okay, this is fine. Maybe I will like get to a look that like, you know, people will respond to me appropriately when I try to like flirt with them or whatever. And like that didn't happen because I was fucking going to small ass college in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I was definitely just too black and weird for the people I was around. But I mean, and even though like I had gone through periods of food instability, it was very much like, you know, what's great. Eating is great because not eating is literally the worst. There was still a part of, there was still that time where I'm kind of like, not eating is okay. I'm not hungry. This is fine. Everything is fine. I am not in fact on the verge of emotional breakdown, uh, which was a lie. It was definitely on the verge of emotional breakdown, but and like just in general that was sort of my like rock bottom year for a lot of reasons and just like coming out of that and sort of being like why did i think that like i probably would have felt better if i like was eating more <laughs> and not just surviving on like cigarettes and like soda and cereal basically mm-hmm. you know so and it's just i don't know it's i guess i'm just saying that 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 it's very hard to like even if you're a person who maybe hadn't gone through Weight Watchers or done dieting stuff. Like there's still like this sort of ambient energy of disordered eating that is like around you that like creeps up in really weird ways. Yep. Yeah. Like I started, no, that's not even true because I was dieting through high school because I did like I lost a ton of weight by like not eating when I was in eighth grade and then got depressed and gained it all back slowly over the course of high school but would like you know yeah do like terrible yo-yo dieting and whatever and like every time since that time that I have lost weight it's either been because I was like once because I was just like incredibly stressed and like my body was just like we're not doing this can't just can't hold on to anything like you're just fucked up right now and like the most recent time which was like I don't know seven years ago now or something it was because I was like unbelievably ill literally malnourished to the point where I had what's called bows lines on my nails which is like you're not getting the minerals that you need to form your nails properly and like it was a gut thing that was going on but I just my I couldn't get any of the nutrients from the food that I was eating and at that point in my life I had already done so much work to like be okay with what my body was and like while Evan was sick and I was basically on a like popcorn and wine diet I like gained a bunch of weight and I was like this is how I'm coping and I'm fine with it and like fighting all the time to be like I'm fine with what my body looks like and I don't like I'm not going to try and take away these things that are like getting me through what's going on right now and like was doing pretty well with that and then I got sick and like 
everyone around me was like, you look amazing. Like, you look so amazing. And I was so angry and, like, so trying so hard to, like, not already not let this be something where I was like, yeah, I'm sick, but, like, look how great I look. And so they would say that and I would just, like, make eye contact and be like, I'm really, really sick. And people could not. They were like, well, you look great. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm, I'm shaking my I'm head. I'm so that's... ill right now. Yeah, that's like so, it's fucked up. It's so fucked up. And it's just like, it seems almost reflexive for people to be like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, like, you know, have you lost weight? You look great. And I'm like, don't ask me that. And I try, and I like work really hard to never ask that of people because it's like, right. Maybe it's like, uh, yeah, I was really sick. That's why I lost this weight. And it's like, oh. You know, because that, but also just like the assumption that if you haven't lost weight or if you've gained weight, it's like, well, you just look fucking like hot garbage then, don't you? And it's like, exactly. And I, and I have to say that, so I've been like about the same size, give or take 40 pounds since I hit puberty. I'm 35. I have clothing that still fits me from high school because I'm basically the same size. Like, no, so, and that, and, and like, it's taken me probably until the past couple of years to be okay with that. Cause it's like, there are years where I'm like, I was biking every day. There were years where I was like walking several miles a day. There were the year, there was the year where I just did a bunch of Adderall and was barely eating and like still basically the same size. And it's just like, this is just what my body is. This is just the right. shape that it is. And I'm like, okay, cool. Fuck it. Whatever. This is, the, this is just the size that it is. And like, it is a fat size. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. And especially this pandemic where it's like, yeah, I've gained weight. I've just been like comfort eating for a year. And it's just like, I don't even, I like don't even give a fuck where I'm just like, good. If I'm in the hospital, I have a little bit more to sustain myself if I get <laughs> fucking COVID. And just of course, the, the whole discourse about like, oh, get pandemic 15. It's like, fuck you guys. We're all trying to survive a pandemic where the US government is actively trying to kill us all. The fuck? Eat, eat fucking three donuts in a row. I don't give a fuck. I ate two donuts today because I'm like, I read this chapter and I was like, fuck you, JKR. <laughs> I'm going to go out and buy three donuts and I'm going to eat two right now. And I'm going to eat another one after this episode because fuck you and like, fuck all of this. Yeah, for real. Oh, I know. It's also like what you said about like, this is just the size that my body is, is like so accurate it's like everyone's body has a size that it just like wants to be that it will like go to if you're well right yeah and so many of us are not well there's stuff going on um and so it's like hard to say for a lot of folks like where that is for you but like it's not necessarily going to be smaller than it's not going to be like what you want it to be a lot of the time and like that was one of the hardest things when I was doing nutrition work is like, no matter how clearly and upfront I was about like, I'm not going to help you lose weight. Sometimes shifting things around might result in weight loss, but like, it's like your body will adjust to the weight that it wants to be. And sometimes you're already there and sometimes that's heavier and sometimes that's less, but like, there's no value in that. But like, People, I think, would just, like, not tell me that they were still hoping that it was going to result in them getting thinner. And then at some point would be like, so I'm not getting thinner. And, like, it was and like, you're yeah, like... <laughs> I'm not 
I'm not gonna help you with that. And like, I get it. It's not like I'm like, how dare you? But also, I mean, it was one of the more, I think, stressful pieces of my job, because that's also something that like, I live with. And it's like really fucking hard to be a sick person who does have to cut out whole food groups and, you know, do a lot of things that can, that are like, parts of diet culture so like finding that balance is the worst and also makes anti-diet culture a dangerous place to be which also sucks because it's like that community can be just and I think it's getting better but often is like so shaming of anyone who like can't practice intuitive eating the right way or whatever where it's like yeah I can't like I can't just do that because like I will literally not be able to leave my couch the next day like if I eat candy and like I don't think there's anything morally bad about candy. My body thinks there's something physically bad about candy and I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And part of me is just like, I feel this would be good information to know. I feel like it didn't take me to my 30s to be like, oh yeah, this is, this is just the the body that, that, this is just the size of my body is. That's fine. And I'm like, What? Why did this take so long? And then, like, right, this idea of being like, oh, yeah, I really can't eat that thing because my because it makes my body angry. And it's not like, it's not just because it's, like, cool to not eat dairy anymore, which is not a thing because, fuck, cheese is so good. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, that, that kind of, like, restricted eating where it's like, oh, no, my health is going to be, like, I can physically feel how this is affecting my health it still feels like a moral judgment because everything about food feels like a morality thing which is so fucked by the way because surprise the thing we all need to live (laughs) (laughs) you know like it takes a really long time but i mean i guess depending but you need you need food to live yeah i don't know why this is i mean i know why this is a morality thing but it's kind of just like I like li- I like existing. <laughs> it turns out. Yeah. Uh, all right. And like, or feeling like a well, per- or, you know, a weller person. If it's like, right, my body just can't process this. Or my body is like, it gets really angry about this. So, you know, that's just not going to work. And it just feels hard because I feel like if people would like go to a medical doctor, they would just be like, oh, just lose weight, you know? And it's like, right. no, that's not... Actually, what's, there's still things I can eat. It's just, for some reason, when I eat this one thing, all these other gross things that happen that I don't want to. Like, how do I deal with just, just that? Just this right. thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, yes, we could probably talk about it for literal ever. But, anyway, um, don't, do the, don't do this to your kids, by the way. Yeah, don't, don't do this to your kids. It's, like, so, so damaging. Especially, like, growing kids. I'm a person in general who, like, eats a lot. But, like, as a teenager, I ate a lot because I was a fuck. Like, you're a growing person, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what teenagers do. And it's kind of just, like... I guess I guess I just feel, like, kind of very irrationally angry that, like, part of Harry's interpretation of why Dudley... Why the school nurse sent home this letter with Dudley is that the school uniforms don't carry the size of his body which sounds like a them problem yes not a problem of this 14 year old boy who was a child it's like a problem of where the fuck you're buying your uniforms from don't have 
big enough plus sizes. So yeah. that that's not a him problem. That's a y'all problem. Yep, it so. sure the fuck is. So I was I was not about to let that let that slide. I'm like, oh no, no no no. I know. Dudley, if Harry's estimation of Dudley's weight is accurate, Dudley is weighing in roughly at the size of like your average linebacker, which like you would think smeltings would be stocking knickerbockers big enough for their like sports players. I know you don't there's not American football there, but like Okay, but rugby players are often real burly. I mean, yeah. I don't know much about sports, but I know enough to know like there are some sports where being a burly person is a a good thing. And I feel like rugby is one of those it's like football, you know? There are parts of the team where you want a bigger person to be able to ram through the other people. Right. It's basically bro- Red Rover, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would be very good at Red Rover if I didn't have asthma. <laughs> Because I can't run very far or very fast. Running sucks. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It sure does. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. uh, So smoking is a problem if they cannot... If they're paying for this private or public in the UK, but they're paying for this like private-ass school to send their son to, they can afford an extra fucking yard or two of whatever the fuck weird fabric this shit is made out of. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst part is it's not like there isn't there isn't anything else that the school nurse is pointing to to justify. They're just like, oh, he's just fat. Like, he's not like he's been like fainting or he's been having trouble breathing or like, I don't know, whatever, uh, like a health issue where you'd be like, I mean, not that I would be like his health at any size, but like a reason for like a traditional Western medicine nurse to be like, I have some concerns about your kid. It's just that, like, he's a he's a he's a fat kid. He's not the only fat kid at Smeltings. I guarantee it. You know what? The other thing that made me fucking mad is too is that he's at boarding school, so like the school is providing him with the food that like they think he should be eating, which I assume like probably doesn't include soda and whatever. So like, if he's staying the same size during the nine months that he's at school eating the school provided foods, like maybe this doesn't have anything to do with what Dudley is eating just as a, you know, wild thought. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing that made me like really frustrated is like this list of things that have been emptied from the fridge, which like, I'm not going to lie. Soda really rough on your body. One of the biggest things that makes people feel like shit is your blood sugar just like skyrocketing and crashing, right? You know what else does that? Eating only grapefruit for breakfast. Grapefruit also is just sugar with no fat and no protein. And when you eat sugar with no fat and no protein, no matter what form it is, your blood sugar goes up and then it comes back down and you feel like shit. So like this is this you've literally done. This is a zero sum something right aside from the fact that like there's less calories in it what's happening in his body in terms of like health like actual like systemic like metabolic stasis health is like nothing is different here he's still having a very bummer effect (laughs) only it's probably like much faster because he's only getting eight grams of sugar instead of you know 70 yeah, it's like, I mean, it's basically starvation. Like, there's not, not like an egg white omelet, which are already bullshit. Because, like, ugh, 
<laughs> yeah, and like also like off. fat is the thing that lasts the longest in your system. You need it. And I know we've come a really long way since the 90s in terms of how people think about fat and it's like getting a lot better, but it just like it's so fucking absurd. I'm like, yes, right, give this child some eggs, anything. Like the even if it was a whole grapefruit, this is not a sufficient breakfast. There's a reason we put like protein powder and like yogurt in smoothies. And it's because if you just drank a smoothie, you would be like hungry and shaky and like tired in like an hour. Whereas if you put protein and fat in your smoothie, it gets you through to lunch. Also, it tastes better if you put in, in there. Y- yes. If you, want, if, you, if you want that like real like, I'm pretending this is a milkshake because I put like cocoa powder and a banana in there. <laughs> throw it right. in like coconut oil and then it has like the thickness anyway <laughs> uh because you know what's fun pretend like you're having a milkshake for breakfast <laughs> especially when you're like me and you can't have a real milkshake anyway that was really off topic uh i kind of want to shift gears slightly unless it's something else about dudley in particular you want to talk about I guess it's not Dudley in particular, so no, let's hear what... Um, I just want to talk about Harry's eating in this chapter, and sort of Please, my... let's. As far as we can tell, Harry is eating candy and cake for, like, the past several weeks. And I feel like the only reason why we're not... It's not any kind of terrible judgment the same way that Dudley's eating habits are is because Harry is skinny. <laughs> because, heaven forbid, a fat person eat cake for breakfast which is a fun thing to do because you know what's fun fucking cake <laughs> no judgment don't, maybe eat some like some peanut butter with it so you don't right be hungry 20 minutes later but like if you want to have some cake with breakfast fucking do it but skinny people it's like hairy skinny so it's like he can eat whatever he wants to it doesn't it doesn't matter and it's like no this is unhealthy for a child to eat like straight candy just cake for every meal and like that's fine and i mean maybe he's getting some like crunchy snacks if hermione sent sugar-free treats but it does make me just think it's candy even though it could be like it could be some crackers or like some peanut butter like i mean i know the uk's weird about peanut butter whatever your out of the pantry eating thing is hopefully send him like i don't know some beef jerky or something i don't know i know because if not, he's all, he's eating candy and cake and some questionably kept meat pies. That's for our health and science section. <laughs> okay, good. I have I have a whole thing about how angry I am about that. But yeah. And this is like objectively not a nutritious thing that he is doing. <laughs> no. It's not. Like it's that's I feel like it, I always get so like nervous about this. There's a difference between like placing a moral judgment on the idea of cake or like cake as a food and saying that it's unhealthy to eat cake for every meal. So I'm like, there's nothing wrong with eating cake. It is not good for your body to only eat cake. <laughs> like, There's yeah. a lot of things that you need to survive that cake does not have. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, like, it's pleasurable to eat cake. Eating should be pleasurable. I bake a lot and so when i bake a lot i eat a lot of what i've baked especially since now it's just i'm baking for me and nicole (laughs) so yes i am eating half of a cake in a week but i'm also eating other things in my week 
so I don't pass out in the middle of a work day. Right. And I'm just like, this is legitimately concerning because Harry is not eating anything nutritious and is also a growing 14 year old kid. But right. no, 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 no judgment here. It's like, oh, it's so great that his friends have sent him cake, which is great. I'm really glad that they are affirming Harry being alive because no one else is. I really wish they would have sent him some beef jerky. <laughs> You were some or like, trail mix or like some tra- something. <laughs> you know? Yep. I, I feel know. like what is this like hearkening back to episode three of me just shouting these children need protein? <laughs> like, come on. At least the the fruitcake that, that Molly sent presumably has a lot of nuts in it. I think there's a lot of nuts in fruitcake. Yeah, a lot of nuts and dried fruit. She's 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 sneaking in some protein. She, she yeah no she Molly has... Molly did the right thing. She was like, you need meat and nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, she has had so many growing children in her household. <laughs> yeah. This is probably honestly where the majority of their money goes to is feeding all of those kids. Dude, for real. Because kids again again are growing and eat a lot. So, but I think I think that the like real point here is that there is no even pretense here that this is about Dudley's health which is honestly a little bit refreshing where it's not like oh Dudley's so unhealthy it's like Dudley's so fat and like fat is just bad all by itself and I'm like I would rather have you be honest about your reasons here JK Rowling than have you be like oh Dudley's fat because he's unhealthy because I mean, she is legit. Just like, yeah, Dudley can't have soda and candy and donuts and whatever, but like Harry can eat cake three times a day for months, and that's fine. And also, we get this acknowledgement. This is my last thing. I think is this acknowledgement of the fact that they aren't eating enough. It says that Vernon's temper is under severe strain from lack of food because they're all starving themselves. Yes. So the last thing that I would like to ask you is why is Mrs. Weasley allowed to be fat? Because she's a good person. Hmm. Okay. I mean, because we've talked on and off about the physical characteristics of the heroes and villains and how they're described in this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, Molly Molly Weasley is fat and it's never an issue partly because it's like she's one of the good guys you know Mm. she's like caring to Harry and like you know takes care of her family and is sort of I mean she's really like the matriarch of the Weasley clan like she's she's in charge Mm -hmm. and she takes Harry in and like that is that's honestly why I think she's allowed to be fat without the value judgment so it's like maternal fatness. Yeah. It's, you've had eight kids biologically. Like that changes your body. But like also Molly's might always have been fat. People yeah. people obviously change sizes when they give birth to eight kids. Like that's a lot of stuff going on with your body. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I guess I guess I would assume that like even as a young person pre-kids, Molly was probably a fat person. Yeah. Cause I feel like I feel like the whole Molly Wobbles thing, which is already so fucking weird. It is really weird. So unless I mean, unless it's just like because Molly has big boobs, which is also a possibility. True. 
it just felt like it felt so weird it nested in this chapter to have the thing where like vernon calls molly dumpy which is i guess uk slang for fat and harry's like how dare you you know it was rich for uncle vernon to like call her dumpy when dudley is so fat so it's like yeah that's pretty weird because like we are supposed to like molly and i thought this chapter made it pretty clear that we're supposed to hate fat people so like what's going on jk rowling well you know most fat people are evil obviously um, yeah. except for except for a few good fat people who are very selfless so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like it must have something to do with, like, motherliness, because I think she's supposed to be our foil to Petunia, who is, like, too bony to do something like give a good mom hug, whereas, like, Mrs. Weasley is soft, and so she can, like, give you the, like, physical comforting that, like, a mother is supposed to be able to provide, and so there's some sort of, like, something happening there. I feel that these books were written by an American author. The Weezes would just be black people because I feel like the way that you just describe Molly is very sort of, I don't know, like, uh, fuck, what's the word? It's very kind of like the imagery post-slavery of like comforting soft older black ladies, bringing you, bringing white children into her bosom. Is it Mammy? Is that the word? Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. How did I blink out on that? Yeah, it like it almost makes like the description almost feels a little bit like mammy esque, mm-hmm. and I know that like the UK has a very complex history with Irish people, which I feel like considering that the Weasleys have several kids and red hair, there's really leaning into that stereotype. I feel like yep. I don't know if that's necessarily a connection that is analogous in the UK. I guess. To the person who emailed and asked if they could be our UK correspondent, here's your first assignment. Email us. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if, I don't know, the UK has a weird thing about Irish nannies mothering your children. Or if there is something you can let us know. If if there's something that like Molly Weasley's like archetype is alluding to, let us know. Because I am mm-hmm. deeply curious. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> well, that was fun. <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes later of yelling <laughs> everyone knows a lot more about us than they did before and uh let's yeah. yep welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff your editorial leads beautifully into my health and science so i'm gonna go first with my one editorial all right great we're the Weasleys going to kidnap Harry? Yeah, they did it in a book too, essentially. The kids, but this time the adults have also said that this is happening. Ron's like, we're coming to pick you up at five o'clock Sunday, no matter what. So like Arthur Weasley was going to show up and kidnap Harry, like what, at wand point? If Vernon had said no to him going to the Quidditch World Cup? I guess I don't know. <laughs> maybe molly just would have showed up and just like yelled at them and that's the distraction for harry to like run out with you know ron with has like his trunk and like hedwig is already free and they're just like okay bye <laughs> like what are they, what, what are they gonna do <laughs> just set off from some uh filibusters fireworks in the living room and 
<laughs> well, after the smoke clears, Harry's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> okay. uh, it's, two, it's two of them that's actually better than what happens. It is better than what happens. I still, I just, I'm really struggling to like think of a scenario in which Molly Weasley is like, yep, if they say no, we are going to take Harry from them <laughs> without forcibly, I guess. I mean, but she does know that they are withholding food even more than normal. And I guess in the book where 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 the twins get him out with the car, she does say that like she and Arthur were going to go do something about Harry if they didn't hear from him. So like, do you think there's gonna like what is it? Obliviate them? Maybe confront <laughs> them? You're right. You know what? There's no ethics in the witching world. So cool. Yep. I mean, that, that like <laughs> technically falls. That's definitely what author's job is. He would have been like, oh, well, you know, uh, they had a cursed rug. Surprise. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Not that I think anyone would have investigated anything. No. And if they did, Dumbledore would have just swept it under the rug. So. All right, then. Yeah, you're right. They sort of came and just like magic them into compliance or something. I don't know. Yep. I like how the fireworks is the least problematic. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. What do you you have here? I have in all caps so many things about Harry's food situation. Okay. Number one. Logistically, how much space does he have to store? Four cakes. Five cakes. However many number of meat pies. And whatever size package of snacks that Hermione has that's like a cooler full of food like a three by two cooler full of food I feel like and like in your floorboards I'm getting Evan in here (laughs) yes just because this is I like literally had this in all caps about how like angry this makes (laughs) because it just doesn't make any sense hi we need a building things consult. All right. What do you got? All right. Harry is allegedly storing six full cakes, a uh, questionable amount of meat pies, and maybe a like two by one box of snacks under his floorboards, allegedly. Okay. <laughs> is there... I know this is not logistically possible because you've already answered how the whole loose floorboard things is a crock, but how much... What amount of like weird dead would you is there just weird dead space that, that that would need to be there? Like I'm just like this makes no sense logistically to me. So there's quite a bit of space in between floors. So okay. generally standard framing is going to have below this from the ceiling down below, ceiling of the first floor to the floor of the second floor, you're gonna have anywhere from eight to twelve inches of space. And that's just open space. Sometimes they put insulation in it, but normally there's nothing in it. And usually the framing will be spaced 16 inches apart. So you'll have a 16 inch wide, say 10 inch tall cavity that runs the entire length of the room. And there'll be many of those. But if you only have one hole in the floor, you'll have access to one of those. Huh. Yep. So there is quite a bit of hidden space, but not easily accessible. So he's like ripping up like 
an entire floorboard. I mean, to get a whole cake down in there, I would assume that you would need a large section of your floorboard. Usually, an easier way to get would be uh, down through the heating vents and remove some of the heating, like the metal that is supporting the heating vent. Then you can reach into the bay easier. But I don't know in England if his house is built the same as a house here in the U.S. Maybe they're really wide planks. They could be really wide planks, yes. All right. Well, I hope that helps. <laughs> it, it, it actually really does. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. There could potentially be enough space. I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So I'm glad I have an answer to that. I have um, one more rant about this, though. Okay. So he doesn't have enough space to store this stuff. You could fudge. All right. How has it not rotted or gone stale or given Harry food poisoning? It's the middle of summer. I know it doesn't get very warm in the UK in the summertime, but I just, I'm like, the ants would have gotten it or something. Like, I'm like, this would be stale. You would have gotten food poisoning from the unrefrigerated meat pies that you're keeping under your floor. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, can we enter our health and science section? Yeah, so we I can sure talk can. To you about this, great. Yes. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are actually related to health and science. So, <laughs> meat pies actually have existed since like ancient Egypt, wherein the pie part like the crust was actually not eaten it was like so thick and like dense that it wouldn't burn up in in a fire where it was baked Ah. but also it created basically like a sealed environment so that Hmm. the food within stayed good pre-refrigeration the meat pie that i assume molly weasley is making for harry is going to be variations on the only one that seems to still be like eaten widely in the UK now is like a pork pie is like still pretty much untouched from uh, its medieval roots. But these were very popular in medieval times because they were shelf stable for a long time, which is accomplished by them being basically like two thirds either fat like suet or gelatin so and like also a lot of salt so it's basically like preserved and also they're usually made of like preserved cuts of meat so like bacon or ham or something that's already been cured and i guess with at least with the gelatin ones like you put the filling in or you put the filling in you put the crust on you bake it but there's a hole in the center of the crust and then you like pipe in the gelatin after you make the pie so it like seals that hole so nothing like it it's like anaerobic in there or whatever like things can't get in to make it go bad so if she's making him mini pies so that he's not like slicing it and creating a place for bacteria to enter he's just eating a whole pie each time then these would actually last him a decently long time. Good job, Molly Weasley, giving (laughs) Harry shelf-stable cake and food. Yeah, also, so the fruitcake. Fruitcakes apparently are aged in a cupboard when made traditionally for, like, up to a year. 
and you can either just wrap them in plastic wrap and like leave them in your cupboard or you can wrap them in like waxed cloth in which case you have to re-alcoholize them on a regular basis to like keep them from from going bad yeah i've been wanting to make a fruit cake like that for years i just have not gotten around because then yeah you just like you soak it in alcohol and i'm like it sounds great dried fruit and nuts and booze in a cake so here's my question about this is that if so they don't have plastic wrap because they still live in medieval times so that means that it's probably the kind where it's like wrapped in like a cloth so like is harry just walking around smelling like he's just been like guzzling whiskey (laughs) (laughs) like has he just been like kind of drunk all summer from eating this this cake you know maybe he has and i mean i just like the amount of booze you put into a fruit cake i mean you're supposed to use like you're putting it in and like a tablespoon or two at a time like it smells really boozy but like the amount of alcohol in it isn't like a whole lot i think the fact that harry is not eating him a whole lot might it, it might give him a little bit of a buzz i don't know yeah Maybe he is just kind of kind of tipsy the first half of this. But in any case, I mean, he probably does smell like he's just been like sneaking whiskey in his room or rum. I guess it's probably usually rum, but yeah, like rum or brandy or oh yeah, something. Brandy. Uh, when it comes to like the regular cakes, I feel like they just go stale and not bad most of the time. There's too much sugar in them for them to like rot. Yeah, and he was eating stale cake in, like, book two, I think, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about the cake, because, yeah, I mean, you can, the cake can sit out, and, like, depending on how much butter is in the frosting, I mean, and butter can sit out for a while, too, so, like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna get, it's gonna dry out, but. Yeah, unless it's, like, in a really moist environment, it's not gonna mold, and I feel like mold is the only thing you need to worry about with a cake, as opposed to, like, bacteria. Yeah. Someone's going to write and be like, no, Lark, you're wrong. But I don't actually want to know any more about food poisoning than I accidentally learned in my research about how Harry is keeping meat pies on his floor. So please don't write to me about that. I don't need a lot of cake. You don't need to worry about me. Yeah. I also was just thinking about like, this is how you get mice. But I'm like, I don't know. He's an owl. I guess if there were mice, she would just eat them. Yeah, that's true. I guess we we only talk about the size of baby killer whales, so. I learned a lot about killer whales, though, in my research on that. <laughs> we could just talk about killer whales generally. Killer whales are so cool. They they hunt like wolves. They hunt in a pack. It's awesome. They live forever. Like I know. One of the only other species besides humans that go through menopause. And, like, they don't reach sexual maturity until they're, like, 10 and 15. I think that's what, like, females reach at around 10 and males around 15. But then the males usually don't get to breed until they're 20, 21 which is just wild. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, killer whales are like the mature adults of the ocean and dolphins are the like dirtbag frat. <laughs> this is so ocean. accurate. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, if you if you if you love dolphins, don't ever google the sexual habits of dolphins. You will be horrified. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, killer whales are cool. They are cool. You know, we should definitely not keep them in captivity. They are too big and smart. Yes. And they need other whales to hang out with. Yeah. I never did see that. I never did see that documentary about them because it seemed too bleak. I don't even know what documentary you're talking about. It's about SeaWorld and killer whales. Oh. And it sounds awful. And I'm like, I don't, I'm already depressed. I don't need to see 
to know that you shouldn't keep killer whales in a fucking zi- like in a enclosure free willy to- instead <laughs> <laughs> oh man free willy used to be my jam <laughs> yeah i loved that movie cool yeah. well at least we managed to laugh at the beginning and end and uh two hours later we can be done with this accursed chapter and say thank you for listening to this episode of the gaily prophet um if you like this podcast and you want to talk about a book that's depressing in much less fraught ways you should read <laughs> carry on by rainbow rowell and then listen to our other podcast escape from reality both of those podcasts are created by hashtag ruthless productions and are produced mixed and edited by me yeah we are a two-person <laughs> operation everyone sure are there, there are no extra people behind the scenes. A majority of the work is done by Lark. So <laughs> so if you've been wondering why you emailed us in November and haven't heard back, there's your answer. I, you're on my to-do list, I promise. Yeah, there, there is no secret team of people. Uh, the team of people of this, for this podcast are Lark and I. So uh, if you want to support our endeavors as the smallest of queer independent media, there are several ways you can do that. (laughs) You can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. That helps people find us, which increases our listenership and also increases the people who (laughs) have money to support us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank each and every one of you guys who is our patrons. Thank you. Uh, You can also purchase our merch on uh, gaylyprofit.com slash shop. We have uh, Harry Potter merch, Carry On merch, other cool things. We have Gay People Love Puns stickers and also our aforementioned enamel pin sale. So if you are a queer person who also loves puns in this podcast, (laughs) uh, and if you are able to financially support us on a monthly basis, you can become our patron on patreon uh we release longer less edited versions of the podcast with more random tangents uh we release extra content like layer to the editors fan fiction written by myself or freestyled written or freestyled by myself and lark live (laughs) in our recording sessions and our patreon exclusive buffy the vampire slayer podcast because we're still in quarantine and now is a perfect time to watch that show and to not think anything about the creator of it so (laughs) oh yeah if you want to find me on the internet you can do so on instagram where i'm at lark malachi which is l-a-r-k-m-a-l-a-k-a-i or on my website which is larkmalachi.com and there you could book a tarot rating for me if you wanted to you can find me on the internet i'm on twitter at jesse underscore detroit and on instagram at live for detroit for more exciting animal content (laughs) (laughs) oh our show art is by theo julian forrester the music in our theme song and spoiler warning are by kevin mcleod our spoiler warning is by sarah sarwar and until next time diet culture is bullshit Hey. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be so great. I'm ready. If by great we mean absolutely terrible. <laughs>
Okay, all right.